0: Hey guys, Josh Klein here. As we go through the off-season, we are trying to provide you with the absolute best content here on the Riot Network. So we were able to sit down with head team physician for the Carolina Panthers, Dr. Pat Connor. You probably recognize that name as the man who performed surgery on Cam Newton's shoulder. We were able to lock him down, talk about his role at the Combine, what happens underneath that blue tent on the sidelines, and a multitude of other great topics. We encourage you to go check that out. It is on the It Is What It Is feed, which is our interview show where we interview players, coaches, and now Dr. Pat Connor, as The Doctor is in on the It Is What It Is feed. So go check that out. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere where podcasts are sold. You can go check out It Is What It Is. See you later.
1: Welcome to the Great British Drafting Show. Uh, we are a proud part of the Right Network and we're sponsored by Ortho Carolina. This is your host, Dan Creso, and joining me as he does every week is Vincent Richardson. Hello. Hey. So this week we're going to do something a little bit different because the Combine is coming up starting on Thursday. So rather than going through a position group like we have done for the last few episodes, we're just going to talk about the Combine, talk about what we uh, are looking to see uh, in this coming week and our general thoughts about uh, the combine as a whole process
0: yeah and maybe if we get around to it or so some thoughts on what on the prospects we've talked about so far and just sort of a bit of a summing up of where we've got to if that makes sense yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So this is going to be a bit more unstructured uh than yeah. our, our previous uh podcasts um what do you think of a combine in general vincent because um, like the first time i started following the nfl um obviously being british it isn't really the first sport you uh you're that you're familiar no. with was the Combine was just, like, really bizarre mm. at first. And it, and it was like, this actually makes sense. But as a concept, it is quite bizarre and alien at first.
0: Yeah, I, so I actually went and covered the pod, uh, the, the Combine with um, Josh Klein uh, from The yeah. Right Report this time last year. And it's a really surreal experience. Like, it's, it's just very, very strange, almost every bit of it. And, and some of it makes absolute sense. And some of it is just this really weird theater. Like the be- the bench press is still <laughs> completely bizarre. You've, yep. Like uh, if you haven't been to the Combine, it's quite hard to explain, but there's literally just like this little sub room. Um, we have to go out like this little passage and then you get through and there's just these stands and there's, about, I don't know, a thousand people, 500 people just watching people do the bench press over and over and over again. And it's, it's really really weird like like the scouts bits you get but it's when there's like there's like 300 spectators just watching people bench press for three hours
1: and it's it's just really weird yeah why watch it when you can just get the results afterwards yeah yeah, it's weird
0: to spend your time doing that it's not something i ever thought would be a spectator sport i must say but um apparently for some people it is and to be fair it's it's an unbelievable amount of access you get if, if you go there for the prospects they all have like an allotted media time and there's just this one big room with with like all the prospects that are given position are there. Half they do it in two bits, but you'd get half the offensive lines will be there for like, I don't know, 40 minutes and it's just, you know, hundreds of media people walking around asking them questions. And it's all very, very strange. You've got, you know, 20 year old kids being asked questions about everything under the sun. And then they go into, into rooms and get asked inappropriate questions about everything under the sun. And it's just, it's yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's very useful in some ways, but I think there is also a bit of theater to it as well
1: yeah what, what was there anything else that was weird um when you actually went there and you didn't realize actually went on oh, just yeah. watching well, it on tv
0: oh yeah i mean not not to do with the actual combat itself but if you go to like the bars of indiana or indianapolis um the nights to the combine it's just every nfl media person you've ever seen yeah just 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 like i remember like coming back coming, going through security at, um indianapolis airport going through security between reese jones drew and and Deion sanders and it was just just super super surreal and you get you get to your gate and everyone is wearing a various team jersey because they're all just scouts yeah. and you're at an airport completely filled with, with the nfl's entire scouts and it yeah it was it was a very strange experience what was Dion like he, he went through a metal detector with this massive gold chain on. Uh, <laughs> and you can say, like, you're you standing in, in the queue to go through the metal detector behind Deion Sanders, and you can see he's got this massive gold chain chain on. You're thinking, do I tap him on the shoulder and say, obviously that's going to set off the metal detector. What on earth are you doing? But but you think, like actually, like it's fine. Just leave him. And he goes through, and you can just see the security guy's face like, seriously, what are you doing? Like, obviously, obviously that was going to set it off. Like, oh. I, I just don't think he, I don't think it really bothers him shall we say Yeah. I'm not sure whether we're allowed to swear or not so I'll, I'll keep it child friend so, yeah uh, very what, strange what, what,
1: time what, sorry
0: very strange time
1: Yeah. very strange um, did you find it really useful going to the, the combine last year it was in some ways
0: so actually I actually spoke to Daniel Jeremiah at the airport which was quite useful just in terms yeah. of his take on just on the process of sort of scouting rather than actually necessarily sort of Detailed analysis stuff, but yeah, it was. I mean, like, there's just there's just people all over the place, um, and it, it was it was definitely for some prospects. It's really useful because some guys you get a really clear idea of of who they are very quickly, um, and both positively and negatively. Um, and other guys, I don't think it really adds much. Um, and I think if you're actually able to interview them like teams can and really work through stuff, I think it'd probably be more useful um and like the drills are useful but you don't you know you don't actually have to be there to to see them yeah. so that doesn't necessarily change anything but you know I, I think it was it was interesting to see firsthand some of the things that go on both some things that make sense some things you're thinking like this is you know if it, you know in a hypothetical situation where you're running an NFL team i just wouldn't bother with half this stuff uh but yeah no it was it was definitely interesting to see um yeah it's just it's it's almost like the nfl scouting society goes on holiday for a week really (laughs) It's, it's, it's really strange like sitting in a bar with dan marino and dave gettleman and it's just like this is this is just bunkers
1: anyway yeah they're real people yeah they are but very strange week of my life yeah so so what what do you think is useful about the combine what things if you were to redesign it would you keep what things might you chuck away
0: so I think it varies from position to position so I think the idea of having sort of unified medicals is really useful um, because realistically there are what hundreds of people 200 people at the combine something like that it's, it's, it's a lot of people and for a team to carry out individual medicals and all of them would just be completely impractical so to get pretty much every major there are going to be guys who get drafted who aren't at the combine and that the teams will have to their own medicals on those but pretty much every guy who's getting drafted in the first four rounds is probably going to be at the combine. And for teams, just to be able to get medicals and all of them without having to go to massive expense or, or sort of um, effort is, is, is very valuable. And I think for some positions, interviews are really useful. So for defensive backs, particularly safeties um, and maybe even linebackers who are going to be asked to do things mentally that they just weren't asked to do at college, it's quite useful. And for quarterbacks, it's massively useful in terms of evaluating not – like not just what they did, but why they did what they did. Like, I know it's not on anymore, but when they used to do sort of Gruden's QB camp, a really interesting part of that was actually just getting players to talk about what was happening on plays they, they executed. So you could see not just what it was they did, but how they thought about what they did. And that gives you a a, a real insight into what their processing is like and how they approach the game and how they might be able to be taught a system and how they might actually pick up and think about football, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think th- those things are really useful. And then for some positions, the drills are really valuable for others. They don't make it like for most quarterbacks, the drills are pretty irrelevant. Um, yeah. But if you're a receiver and you run really slow or really fast, that can make an impact. Corners, if you like, it's one of those things where if you're a corner and you can't run 4-7 that's going to be a real red flag um you know it's, it's things like that where there's just there's there's athletic limits you have to hit to basically play certain positions and there are also sort of exceptional athletic traits that might show up but they don't necessarily translate to good players so
1: yep there's there's definitely a good body of evidence that um the better you test at the combine uh, the more likely you're the, the better you're going to be in the NFL this yeah, is obviously absolutely. over like you know thousands of, of players and yeah, yeah it doesn't mean that you could pick one player and well you test a bit than that person you're going to end up better but on the whole it, it there is a lot of relevance there and some drills are a lot more important than than others yeah
0: certainly for particular positions as well yeah um, yeah no I think there's, it's definitely it's I mean this is something I, I said a lot last year but I think it's definitely still true that you you really want the combine to inform what you see on tape. Like, if a guy looks slow on tape and runs a fast 40, you should still really trust what you see on tape to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, And likewise with all kinds of other things, if a guy, you you shouldn't radically change how you grade a player based on the combine unless you get some kind of disqualifying trait. Um, What it's also then useful is bringing guys back into um, sort of the sphere of players are looking at so for yep. example um, last year and I've forgotten his name so this isn't going to help very much but the uh, the Texas Tech receiver who went in like the 6th round in the end he wasn't amazingly good or anything like and his tape was not that of Was this Kiki Cootie? Top. No no not Cootie. no Kuti okay. was seriously good Kuti was a top 10 receiver no it was, there was another guy who was like six three two thirty or something yep. and basically put up Alan Robinson's numbers like duplicated I've forgotten his name um but it but he was a guy where it was kind of no one was thinking about him as a as a really a, a draftable receiver. Um, you know, he wasn't in CBS's top fifty receivers kind of stuff. And then yep. he ran put up a load of really good, impressive numbers, particularly in like the agility drills for someone his size. And whilst it was, you know, not like this guy's amazing, it was sort of eh maybe there's more to work with than we thought and actually maybe now he's a late round receiver rather than undrafted receiver so it does bring some guys back into relevance who kind of had been ignored until that point dylan cantrell that's
1: it yeah yeah i'll just pour him up as well yes. no, yeah no i
0: actually I, I just had a flash of memory yeah.
1: um i i think if so if if someone appears even more or less athletic than initially seen from tape study surely then you just go back to the tape yeah, absolutely. See if you've made a mistake, if you've missed something.
0: And 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 there are guys where it's just there's just a, a slight disparity. Like I remember, you know, John Ross who obviously ran the fastest 40 time ever. Like you watch him on tape and he's definitely fast. He's not the fastest, you know, he is yeah. not the fastest player who's ever played football. That, that that that's if you think that you're not watching the tape, should we say. So it's then like, okay, he's clearly very fast, but is he sort of, you know, generationally can run away from anyone fast and when you watch the tape it just that wasn't the case and so then you have to kind of sort of modify okay well he he clearly his time speed is very good and he is fast but maybe we have to sort of walk back from the brink of just going by his 40 time yep
1: um are there any positions you mentioned quarterback but are there any other positions you think the testing drills at the combine aren't actually that important
0: um i'm not always sold them for running backs i must say um it obviously that there are exceptions to that and particularly if you're like a scat back you have to run fast but realistically most running backs don't make their value on their long speed for example not not all drills but but certainly like running back 40 times unless they're catastrophically slow like The number of plays where a running back runs 40 yards are very limited. And if they run 40 yards, it's already going quite well. So, like you know, that's probably one that I think people get a little bit lost in at times, whereas things like receiver is actually more important because receivers and corners are running 40 yards quite consistently. For running backs, it's the 10-yard split is much more what I care about. Same thing with linebackers and certainly defensive ends. Where actually it's more about the first ten to twenty yards. The number of times most guys are asked to run forty yards is pretty limited.
1: Yep. I think uh, for the positions where testing does matter, I think edge rushes really important uh,
0: to test well. Agility drills particularly.
1: Yeah. Agility drills, uh, broad jump and vertical yeah, jump are yeah. good uh, metrics for just general lower body explosion. Uh, yeah. Forty try... maybe not as important as the actual ten yard split as well
0: yeah i think the the other thing to note here is that for things like the broad jump you do also have to put a bit of like weight um balancing into it as well so yeah yeah. a 240 pound defensive end jumping 35 inches is not as impressive as a 290 defensive end jumping 33 inches like yeah you 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 do have to adjust for weight a little bit it's not just like take the raw number
1: yeah are you are you aware of spark
0: yeah yeah, i am I, I, i it's not something i know a huge amount about i know this is a complete tangent, but I know last year we tried to do some data analysis stuff, didn't we? Well, I did in particular, it didn't go hugely well, but yeah, like yeah. trying, trying to do a more sort of data driven updated version of spark. Um, and it did pick out some interesting things like who's the green Bay running back. Uh, Jones, is it?
1: Yeah. Aaron Jones. Like
0: it, it picked him out as being really good, which was yeah, not, he, you know, not something you'd get well. necessarily from the immediate numbers though. Um, I mean, Shaheen killed it as a tight end because he just weighed more than everyone else. until the weight adjusting went wrong, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think these sort of amalgamated stats definitely have a future.
1: Yep. Yes, and uh, the reason I brought Spark up was because all of that is is weight adjusted. Yeah. So it just kind of rolls up all of the, the combine metrics uh, apart from bench press, I think, because bench press yeah. really isn't really that I,
0: it, it's, it's vaguely valuable for offensive linesmen and defensive linesmen, and even then it's vaguely valuable. Like, okay. a, a squat test would be far more interesting.
1: Yep. Um, so, so I'm going to Bring up uh, a series of articles uh, that were on Harvard sports analysis where they basically took a bunch of combine data mm-hmm. and then uh, sort of did regressions on that against uh, how well a player played in their first three years um, using the sports references AV metric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well. And the, the results are fairly interesting. So, of all the positions, um, you know, athletic testing matters but a position it matters the least and by quite some distance is wide receiver which is pretty interesting um, yeah, even quarterback I, was more uh uh it, there was a greater co- um correlation for wide receivers
0: i think that's 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 it's interesting because like logically that shouldn't be the case Yep. however there's also then the balance that players mm-hmm. how can i put it um there are, there are some very athletic wide receivers who actively don't learn technique because of their athleticism, I think, at times. Yeah. So that they almost, because they're able to dominate at lower levels without having to be technically sort of um, adept, they then don't really learn it until it's too late. Because realistically, if you come into the NFL without much technique as a 22-year-old, you're at a significant disadvantage to someone who is less athletic but is technically far more advanced.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's like the the basketball prodigy that never learns to develop their handles just because in high school they can just blow by everyone.
0: Yeah, I mean like that, that's that was one of the potential sort of fears with Zion, wasn't it? That, that kind of he's he's so athletic that he can just dominate, and when he'll get to the NBA and actually just not not be that dominant anymore, and, and will really struggle. Obviously, but.
1: Well, yeah, that uh, that was definitely more of a concern before. Uh, yeah, before
0: he sort of destroying college basketball. Yeah. Um, oh, he's so good. He is, right? um, it, It's yeah. On a complete tangent, that's nothing to do with football. I think the thing with him that's so impressive is the way he's able to be impactful without needing the ball in his hands. Like almost like, the only person I can think of that's that impactful in that way is like Clay Thompson, where you he the value is so great because actually you don't need him to be a key piece, and that is that is in itself valuable. Yeah. It's a, it's the same thing with kind of you yeah, know offensive players who can who can be impactful without needing the ball all the time you know if, if you've got a receiver who you don't have to you know Jarvis Landry is the prime example of someone who whose value is very much tied to how much you get him involved in the game like if you throw Jarvis Landry the ball five times a game he's not like he, he's not one well, he's not actually as valuable as many people think but also like he, he, it's his, his is about load rather than efficiency the way he gets gets production and actually that's not that you'd much rather have someone who who put up not quite as many yards but d- did so in far fewer targets
1: yep yeah
0: sorry that was a complete tangent but yeah
1: <laughs> i thought I, we were going to go I, in a full-on like zion discussion should he sit no no no, <laughs> I,
0: no no i'm i'm, I'm I, I don't really care enough to, to do that but yeah no <laughs> it, it, it it it's just interesting how kind of people like, like it, it's particularly true in the NBA, but you do get it in the NFL as well, where where someone isn't quite good enough to merit the workload you're going to have to put on them. Yeah. So you get it particularly with receivers where you get a quite good but not star receiver who, who looks quite good because you just fought like, this is what happened to Kelvin Benjamin a bit early on in Carolina, where his numbers were quite good just because he just got thrown the ball all the time. And actually, it makes him look he gets quantity at, at the deficit of efficiency. Whereas it's much better to have someone who, who doesn't actually put up the same raw numbers, but is just far more efficient in doing what they do. Yep. But
1: yeah.
0: Shall we go back to the Combine for a second? Yeah, on?
1: back to the Combine. Yeah. Um, we can talk about some things we're, we're looking for uh, yeah. this yeah, coming week. Some players that were, were interested to see how they test. Uh, yeah. I think player number one for me is probably Tevin Coney, that linebacker, because if he if he tests poorly, like you know i'm talking bottom 15 percent of spark or, or something like that yeah then i i'm definitely willing to uh sell on him essentially and not have him in the same team yeah as,
0: I, I think there are a handful of those like, kind of sort of definitely three four inside linebackers but then it's just well you know you can be a good three-four-inside linebacker without being that great in coverage, but you have yep. to reach a certain level to not be a liability. And there are there are a number of, it's not just him, like Bobby Okereke, I think, is another guy who isn't as good as Cody, but is in the same kind of boat of just, if he can reach a certain threshold in space, then you can at least put him on the field and not have to worry about him getting completely burned all the time. Yep. Um, um, I, I think it, it, from a Panthers like parallel, like David Mayo this year showed that there's just, you have to, there was a reason why Jermaine Carter, as good as Jermaine Carter was, um, there was a reason why he was seeing the field over David Mayo earlier on. And that's why, even though David Mayo is actually quite a good run defender, he's, as soon as teams look to pass on him, he just he just can't move in space well enough. And I think that's not something that's ever going to get better. And, and you know, guys like Tevin Cody couldn't be as good as they want against the run. But if there are complete liabilities against the pass, then that's almost completely deal-breaking in terms of them starting.
1: Yeah, I'm just looking for him to be an average athlete essentially yeah yeah um, um and, but let's so, uh, say if uh if someone like trey lamar surprisingly tests well i'm still not willing to try because it's just it, it it there's a clear discrepancy then between a tape and we're definitely testing. not
0: the only people saying this but the reason why trey lamar declared early is completely beyond me i i his tape is not that of someone he's barely draftable and he declared early i i do not unless he's just thinking that the fact that they won a national championship is going to get him like a fifth round grade i i I have no idea why why that person came out early money Uh, possibly but i mean like there's a decent chance he just goes completely undrafted and isn't in the league by september like i think that's probably likely that he's not on an nfl team in september at which point like unless you're desperate for just any money whatsoever which, which, to be fair, might be the case, and you don't know if people make decisions they make, and yeah. I don't like judging people for decisions they make that we don't know why they did it, because they give all kinds of valid reasons. Yeah. However, from a purely football point of view, that's not someone who should be declaring early. It's like, um, oh, God, who's the, the Saints receiver? Coleman. Um, yeah. He's a Coleman. good re- Yeah, Brandon Coleman, like, he's a decent receiver. He would probably have been like a third-round pick in most drafts. However, when he declared in the strongest receiving class I can remember... All it meant was, like, he declared early coming out of Rutgers, I think it was. Yep. And and just as a result, I think he either went undrafted, or it was like a seventh-round pick, because he just decided to go declare early into a ridiculously strong receiver class, when he could have just stayed in school and been a third-round pick a year later. Yep. and Like, there are some strange decisions people make, but yeah. No, I, I think there are definitely, like, there are players who at this point team should basically have off their board or sort of, you know, their tape is bad enough. This is just the ceiling of how high we're ever going to take them. Yeah. Um and yeah, trailer was definitely one of those people. But that there's there's guys how no matter how good they do in the combine, you shouldn't see them as anything other than day three picks.
1: Yeah. Anything else you're you're looking for? Any players you'll be keeping an eye out for? Um I I
0: I mean all the cornerbacks generally useful to see if only because the actual workouts are really important as well for them like the actual position like position drills are are some of the more important bits because for for, for like the cornerbacks you just want to see how they move in space because some of them have been running really simplistic schemes in in college where they've just been asked to do the same thing 15 times a game 30 times a game even and actually you just want to see them be asked to move in different ways and see how they're able to move in space Uh, same thing goes for linebackers to a certain degree anyone anyone you want to see in coverage you just want to see them work out in drills and just see how they move in
1: space yeah i think those are Uh, the most important of all the positional drills yeah
0: absolutely like some of the offensive line defensive line drills can be quite useful and like you can tell some stuff from receiver drills um quarterback drills i wouldn't put a huge amount of stock in just because they're thrown to people they've never really thrown to before like this isn't the t- timing, will, timing is important for receivers and quarterbacks. So yeah. if a throw's just land massively in front or behind someone, in, unless they're obviously off in like an up down sort of form, like they throw it forty foot over the guy's head on an out route, like if the timing's off, the timing's off. That's just something that's going to happen at this point. So I, that that's not something to sort of lose sleep over. And a lot of guys just won't throw because there's no reason for them to. Um, I think Kyler Murray's height is actually going to be important. Mm. Not because I think it's that important. I, it, it, he's going to be short, and I don't think that's an issue. But there's a real difference between being like five nine and being five eleven. Yeah. Um. And, and whilst the whole like being able to see over offensive linesman thing is largely bullshit, um, as proven by Russell Wilson and a lot of other people, there will come a point where actually it does start to become an issue. And there's then all, there are also things like. His actual release point will be a, potentially a problem, and like I don't, I, it's not something I'm going to lose sleep over. But I think in terms of his, it, it's probably more important for his stock than necessarily how much I rate him. But that could be really impact. Like if he measures at five nine, I think that will significantly impact how he's viewed. Whether that's valid or not, I'm not totally sure. Um, receiver times, it's always interesting to see particularly if there are guys who are just selling themselves on speed, you just want to have it confirmed that, say, like Hollywood Brown is really fast. You just want to make sure. Um, and so it isn't like whether he can break 4-3, it's just don't run a 4-5. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I like, think that makes yeah. sense. Like, you know, if, if, if there's someone who's major selling point is their speed, you don't need them to be hyper fast, but you need them to not be disappointingly slow. Yep. Um, yeah, Off- offensive line is useful to see. Particularly for someone like the small school guys who just haven't been stretched athletically, just to see how they move compared to NFL athletes. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I I I think if you if I was a team, the biggest thing would be getting an idea of how of starting to get an idea of who some of these people are, if that makes sense. Particularly if you can work them out a little bit or into just get an idea of like teachability is a really important thing that that is so Mm -hmm. hard to judge. Uh, So if if you can start getting an idea of how, how how able guys are to pick up on your information and that kind of stuff, I think that would be useful as well.
1: Yep. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see if other tight ends, of Smith and, and TJ Hawkinson, are on a similar level athletically to Noah Fant.
0: Oh, I, I don't think they will be. I, mean, I, I think that Fant...
1: they, they could surprise you. It's, they're difficult it's difficult to compare them on tape in terms of athleticism just because they are asked to do different yeah, things.
0: Yeah. I th- I think Smith and Fan Smith, sorry, Smith and Hockerson I think they will be good Like, I think they will put up good numbers they will be I'd have thought top 30 percentile. Um yeah. however I think there's a chance Noah Fan just puts up some particularly in some of the like um broad jump type and yeah, yeah. Um, vertical jump. I think he just put up some completely bonkers numbers. Yeah that's um, the
1: expectation.
0: And I would be cautious about how much like obviously he's very athletic on tape and you should view that important like he is a, an obvious athlete in space however don't go full Mike Gasicki and think he's the second coming just because you know he tests well in Lycra like
1: yeah at least his tape better
0: oh god oh go, yeah like Gasicki was like a fifth or sixth round picker. I think I had a fifth round grade in him and I have like a a mid third on on fan like there is a yeah you know, fan is a significantly better player than than, than Gazeki. but again the the athletic numbers should just reaffirm what you see on tape they, they shouldn't be kind of determining how you view a player
1: yep um, I, and i am also be interested to see how brian burns uh the, the defensive end out of florida state tests yeah because I, I have some question marks about his athleticism
0: yeah, I, I haven't watched him in detail. So I watched a bit of him a while ago, and I yeah. haven't gone back and really watched him properly, which I will do in the coming weeks. Yeah. So I think the edge class, I think the edge class could potentially disappoint a little bit. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Bosa runs a surprisingly slow forty. Yeah. I don't think it will be actively slow. Like I don't think it's going to be like a five second. But what did Joey run? Joey ran like a four eight, didn't he? Uh, something like that. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick runs like a four eight five. I mean, he might run faster. I mean, to be fair, he's had like six months to prep for this. And yeah, The, the yeah. Bosa family definitely do this thing well. Like they, they, they know they, they, they clearly have their stuff together. But um, I don't think he's as athletic as some people think he is. Yeah.
1: So. I think uh, he's a good
0: defensive end, but I don't think he's a great athlete.
1: Yeah, Joey uh, ran a four eight six. Yeah, um, but he he destroyed the, the free cone and the twenty yard shuttle. Oh,
0: I, I don't doubt that that, yeah. that Nick put up some impressive numbers, and I think he's he, he is a, a, a he's a good athlete and a he is a, a we're going to talk about edge rushers later, but I think he he is a, a very good prospect. I think he's maybe getting a little bit overhyped due to the yeah. quality of this class, and it will be interesting. To see how he compares to say Joey, in particularly in terms of his actual speed, maybe not forty yards, but maybe twenty yard and ten yard times, yeah, yeah. Um, because that that that's something I think. I, again, he's not going to fall to the Panthers, and if he did, they should probably take him. However, I I I don't I don't like he's not I don't think he's Miles Garrett generationally good if we if we put it that way.
1: Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, that makes sense. Um anyone else? I think there are some receivers who I think might be... Sl- I, 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 so, so like AJ Brown, I'll be interested to see his agility um, yeah, times. Yeah. Same with um, Harmon. Um, and maybe, oh, who's the Iowa State guy? Butler. Um, I, I think Butler's probably going to be reasonably poor. Like it would take him being ridiculous. It, it, it would take him being good to surprise me, if that makes sense, mm. rather than him just not being bad um but yeah i've be trying to see how some of those guys do because particularly for aj brown there were some issues about his actual agility like his ability to make sharp cuts was a bit of a concern yep um, so
1: for that would you look more at the the free cone or the uh short shuttle
0: i think i just want to get a look at both i like it's one of those things where if, if if there's a real disparity between his three code and his short shuttle i then start looking at them really in detail. Yeah. but gen, gen, let's say this very sweeping statement. But generally they kind of go together that they're either you know they tend to either be both good or both it's very rare that you see someone has a real disparity in ranking between their short shuttle and their three-cone drill without having tripped over or something like that so i think
1: that uh, there are there are instances um, oh yeah no, I, no, 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 I struggle to think in mind uh who it's not unheard of
0: by any means. sorry I, I, I don't mean it that extreme but it, it's not that would probably be more noteworthy in of itself rather than anything it it, does that make sense like it would if there was a real disparity between the two that of itself regardless of the prospective is if if there's a real disparity between different types of similar drills that should then raise a flag that there's something particular that that player doesn't do well that you can then look at
1: yeah Uh, i mean a a lot of it is just technique for the individual drills like plays a lot more well coached now than they used to be in terms of preparing for the combine and a lot of the, the differences in times maybe due to the coaching they've had in the lead up to it
0: yeah no i think there are definitely guys who would who would just very well co- i mean i remember uh last year when they were doing the cornerback drills um who was the I.O. guy josh jackson Yep, just looked like he had no idea what was going on and at the time i was really concerned because i thought like is he, he i could you know he's like I, I mean i don't know He's clear, he's been pretty decent as a rookie, and I actually quite liked him as a prospect on tape. So it's quite hard to make a statement either way. But he just looked like he didn't actually know what was going on, and it was yeah. one of those things where like you must have seen like you must have seen this drill fifty times before. You've got like I, it was one of those things where like I don't know whether you've just been really poorly coached and therefore aren't mentally prepared for this, either that or you're just so knackered you can't work out what's going on, or you're actually don't you you can't like it was one of those things, like he he's clearly not receiving the coaching he's getting from the people running the drills well, but I can't tell why that is. And, and and so there are like how mentally like guys can cover up weaknesses by just being coached that they know, so they know exactly what's going to happen. And yep. so they're, they're like, it, it's important not to read too much into how someone looks compared to someone else in the drills, just because you then get the issue that someone might just be way more prepared than someone else. And you also get the issue that some of the small school guys just won't have had the years of athletic weight room training that that some of the bigger school guys will
1: do. Yep. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the combine? Um, not particularly. I think it's important to also pay attention to the pro days. I think yeah, having of course, more yeah. numbers helps. You know, if, if a player's ill on a day of a combine, Yeah. you know, some they have like some niggling injury, then it could tank their numbers. Um, and yeah. obviously, lots of players don't actually get invited to the combine.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think it, yeah, pro days of course are important. They just that it's one of the things just not as con- you know clustered together as the combine, and therefore don't quite attract the same sort of ease of, of scrutiny. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I must be I kind of the combine when I first got into sort of that analysis type of stuff. The combine was something I really focused on. Um. Not compared to tape necessarily, but just it was a really convenient way of kind of. Seeing the potential that players had, um, and I think as I've gone through, I've got put less and less stock on the drills themselves. Not disregarded them certainly, but I, I don't think I view it as quite the event that I think I used to. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: well, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be some completely insane storylines that make no sense whatsoever. Some running back you've never heard of, or run a four-two or whatever. But. Um, there's, yeah, there's wait always... for the
1: next Byron Jones or Obi Melifonwu. <laughs> to be fair, like
0: Mel- Melifonwu got some hype before the combine.
1: Yep. was it? Were they
0: both Connecticut? Um. Yep. Yeah. yeah. God knows what UConn's doing, but um. Yeah. Yeah. Like Byron Jones was just a very much like no like uh, Dontari Poe is another great example who legitimately has become a very good player, but it was kind of he was like a mid round pick and then he turned up the combine and just completely destroyed it. Yep. But then you also get Cam Robinson who turns up and completely destroys it and then goes second overall was it and then is a horrific bust. So it it works both ways. Don't draft guys just because they're affecting numbers because otherwise you end up with Tavon Austin, rather than Keenan Allen. That was they were the same draft, weren't they? Uh
1: twenty thirteen.
0: Yeah. Wait, yeah. Yeah, where 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 like going into the combine Keenan Allen was like the top receiver by a mile, ran a really bad forty and then dropped the third round, and it was like, have you just missed the like years of tape he's put together that clearly show he can get open? And he ran like a four six nine or whatever it was a four seven, and you suddenly drop him two rounds. Fine, like th- these are the things you should like. Players putting up there's a difference between like bad numbers and catastrophic numbers, and the catastrophic numbers normally then reveal things in the tape you were possibly looking to ignore. So like um uh, like Orlando Brown last year put up terrible terrible numbers, but then when you went and watched the tape, you were like oh yeah yeah that that's 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 probably why he was getting beaten like that or why he was just standing vertical rather than bending his knees like you 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 know you you have to really use the tape if the tape is telling something different to what the combine numbers tell you are the tape is probably the one that's right yeah is is what i would say yes we should probably vaguely wrap up um do you
1: want to very quickly talk about our thoughts on on the draft so far or
0: do you reckon that's a unnecessary use of time
1: uh i think we could probably talk about that um maybe after the combine yeah okay we'll talk we about see it next more week. positions and sort of get to re-watch some more tape yeah because i haven't necessarily re-watched guys after uh the episode so far
0: no that's fair enough we will in which case we will we will leave you on tenterhooks and we will talk about our thoughts on the draft down the line um but next week so josh will be actually at the combine uh this week so um if you've got questions you want answered tweet at josh i think he's at josh Klein rules on twitter ironically um <laughs> yeah yeah very funny um but yes so tweet at josh if you want him to ask particular questions he'll probably ignore you but he might not um and yeah i think that's it next week we're back with quarterbacks um we've got some pieces that will be coming out for the spike pack we're not doing a position group there are going to be some things we have one looking at um uh like the impact of matt khalil's you know, if he were cut, how that would affect the Panthers and whether that would make sense. Um, also, the other thing we didn't mention, but I might do very briefly, is like teams are going to start cutting down players who they want to basically shed cap for um, in the next week or so. This usually starts to happen sort of as the combine arrives. So it, it's like the free agency crop will actually start to change in the next week or so. So it, it, particularly, it's like some middle tier defensive ends get released. That's something that Panthers fans should probably be looking at. Um, I mean Robert Quinn someone I'd be interested in but there'll, there'll be plenty of others who might well get cut um, and there'll be players the Panthers might well cut so there will be other stuff as well as just the combine going on this week and we can talk about all that when we come up next time but until then um, goodbye
1: from me goodbye from me too you see you. See you.